Hello there, and thank you so much for joining me today. You are listening to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast, and today we are going to be talking about 10 tips to be more creative in your approach to your photography. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gregory, and this is episode 389 of our little podcasting corner. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you're getting to do things that are fun and creative. If not, hopefully this week's podcast will give you some ideas to get out there and feel a little bit more empowered in your creativity. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for my newsletter, head up to my website, danieljgravy.com. Sign up for the newsletter to stay up to date on all the offerings from the studio. You also get a free printing guide, a little 72-page PDF printing guide for 2022, updated with all the latest stuff about paper and printers. Also, you can get information about my classes, workshops, and print sales up there. So creativity is one of those things that oftentimes just feels like sort of a struggle. And I think for a lot of people, they feel like they're not hitting their creative stride. And one of the things about creativity and working is you just got to do the work. At the end of the day, we got to pick up our camera. We got to pick up our mouse, our walk tablet, whatever we edit with. And we got to do the work. The inspiration is the work. So this isn't really about inspiration and how to get the work done. But it's ideas that when we're struggling a little bit with feeling like we're stuck in a rut or we're not sure how to get going in a new direction, or we want to try something. These are some ideas and concepts that you could embrace in your photography and in your photographic practice to see if you could jumpstart something new. The first tip I have is to follow the breadcrumbs. So notice what keeps coming up in your world, in your environment, in your space. Maybe you keep seeing a similar color. Maybe you keep hearing the same phrase over and over again. Maybe all of a sudden you look out your window and every day there's some bird, a cedar waxwing that's sitting on a bush right outside your window. Maybe when you're driving down the road, you see a certain sunrise every morning, a certain location, a certain quality of light. Follow that breadcrumb. See where it leads. Start to photograph the thing that shows up in your space over and over again. Maybe it's a person. Maybe you're an old friend's back in town and you're seeing them on a regular basis. You're going to do a portrait session. But follow that breadcrumb. See where it leads you when something shows up over and over again for you. I think most of the time there's a reason things show up repetitively in our lives. And if we embrace that, it can lead to some amazing opportunities. Okay, so besides follow the breadcrumb, I think get yourself a huge sheet of paper. And I don't mean like an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. I mean a big piece of paper. Maybe it's butcher paper. Maybe you tape together a bunch of pieces of paper. But a big sheet of paper and start to get out some markers, start to get out a variety of pens or pencils, and do some brainstorming on that large sheet of paper. One of the things that oftentimes happens that psychologically we end up restricting ourselves based on the tools and space we provide us. So when we use a smaller piece of paper to work with, we start to fill up that paper and we hit a psychological break where we think the paper is starting to fill up And we don't always go to the next piece of paper to continue that brainstorming process. So working with a big sheet of paper, working with a lot of space gives you an opportunity to think about more opportunities to work on things. It's the same thing behind the camera. When we go to a location, when we start to look at the totality of the location and not just the thing we thought we were going to photograph, but everything in that environment to photograph, there just becomes a lot more opportunities to see and experience and be a little bit more creative. Another thing you can do is look at how shapes play with one another and how shape impacts you. So notice if you're out looking at things and if you're looking anywhere, your house, you're on a walk, 
Are you more drawn to circles, squares, triangles? What are those different elements? And then the play part comes in. If you start to notice circles all the time, you see circles everywhere. What are as a list of all the things that you can think of that are a circle or that are round or a triangle or an octagon? Octagon would be tougher because we get stop sign, but I'm sure there's other things you could think of that are octagon shaped. But you think about all the possibilities of what you could play with with that shape. The idea here is, again, is to expand how we're seen so that when we get behind the camera, we're no longer bound by the object shape, but the possibility of that shape as a tool of conversation, as a tool of composition, as a method of communicating something. So when we start to see round as wheels and pizza, can I not necessarily make a composite of wheel pizza, but can I use those shapes to, you know, as a pizza lays flat across the table, the wheel is more upright. Can I use perspective to communicate something different by having thought about all the ways those shapes could be used? Collecting things is another interesting opportunity. When you're out and about, little things that catch your eye, collect those, pick those little flowers, maybe they're leaves, maybe they're sticks, and bring those home and start to look at the impact of those little collected items have on your thinking about your photography. Because oftentimes those are little creative seeds that are being planted in the forest of creativity, and they're going to turn into something. And if we have them around us, if we submerse ourselves in those things, we can oftentimes photographically find new directions to go in. What starts off as a leaf maybe turns into a figurative study of leaves as something simple, but it may also turn into a more abstract concept where we use the leaves as metaphors, or we realize that the leaves are actually things that we were looking at, but we now can consider maybe more graphical photography, something we hadn't considered before in minimalism or something like that. So collecting those things and seeing the direction that the focus on the collection takes you. Coloring your world is another one that I kind of think of. It's similar to collecting things and the shape play, but are there certain colors that you respond to a certain way? Orange is a creative color for me. Blue is a calming color for me. So I think blue and orange together, they're complementary on the color wheel, which is kind of nice. But what's interesting about using both of those together is I find myself in an interesting creative state. I also, for some reason, really am drawn to the color gray. It might be because I live in the Pacific Northwest and it's gray a lot. But that color palette of a gray and the nuances of gray, I find very calming. I find it very meditative. And so the coloring your world is about identifying the colors that matter to you and then using those colors to help alter your state of mind. So if you're embraced by the color green and that color really suits you well, when you go out to photograph or before you go out to photograph, spending some time looking at the color green to help put you mentally in a creative spot, to put you in a space to say, when I go out, I with intention and purpose now and mentally in a much better place than I was before because I'm using the power of color, not as composition, not as form, not as narrative, but as a way to get me mentally prepared so that I'm able to photograph the way that I want to. A couple of other things. One is along those lines of coloring your world is to relax. I think a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to go out and make great photographs and to go out and photograph and achieve something create something of interest or value. 
And while that's great, I think sometimes that's a lot of pressure to put on our, on ourselves and our process. So one of the things to do is to relax. Whether we meditate, whether we take deep breaths, whether we go for a run, whatever it is, it releases your tension. And if you don't have anything that releases tension, you should find something that helps you release tension. But finding that quality that allows you to relax so that you're in a much more receptive space to new ideas and to new ways of seeing. And I know for me, sometimes even out just being on a hike, carrying the camera equipment, my back starts to get a little tired with the backpack, that just stopping, taking a few deep breaths really can make a difference just in my calmness that allows me to see a little bit easier, to experience what I'm attempting to photograph a little easier because I'm not so tense. So just a few deep breaths for me sometimes makes all the difference. I think also seeking out inspiration and not necessarily photographic inspiration, but inspiration from books and literature, from movies, from conversations, from food, from anywhere that we can find a unique way of experiencing something, a unique way of seeing something that we can then bring back. And so like one of the great examples I can think of with food is I love spicy food. And if I was going to go make spicy photographs, what would that look like? What would a spicy photograph visually look like? What colors would it have? What composition would it have? What would the subject matter be? Because there's the obvious. I could go photograph chili peppers. But if I was going to make spicy photographs that weren't that, what would that look like? And then to push that even farther, what would that look like in potentially black and white or infrared or macro level? What could I look at? What could I see and experience out of that inspiration from food into my photographic process? So I don't have to change the things I photograph. I don't have to become a food photographer because I'm inspired by spicy food. But what is that experience like? What is that emotional response like? for me to go out and photograph. So seeking that inspiration from anywhere and then identifying that and bringing that experience back to the photograph, not necessarily the subject matter. Setting boundaries is one that we read about all the time and you hear about all the time. And I think it is one of the most important things for being creative. A lot of times what breaks our creative process is having too many options, too many variabilities to interact with and to intersect with. And sometimes Setting a boundary, whether it be time, equipment, number of frames, whatever it is, setting those boundaries can really make a difference because it removes the pressure of a lot more decisions. If you say to yourself, I'm going to go out, I'm going to shoot ISO 100 on a 50 millimeter lens at a 60th of a second, whatever I get is what I get, but that's what I'm going to shoot with. I'm going to set those boundaries. I'm going to give myself an hour to go make a photograph. I'm going to give myself a hundred mile driving distance and I'm going to drive for a hundred miles. So 50 miles out, 50 miles back, whatever the boundary condition you set is going to shift a little bit of your approach because of the limitations we make. One of my favorite limits to do is on a double extreme. I like to set a limit of, I can only take so many photographs and I like to set the boundary on the upper end where I have to take a certain number of photographs. And so some days to go out and say, today I'm going to make 10 photographs total. And another day to say, I'm going to go make a thousand photographs today. And it's not that I'm trying to find a great photograph. I'm, I mean, I'm always trying to find a great photograph, but it's not that I'm trying to say, oh, those 10 and those thousands are different. You know, in the thousand, I'm, I'm going to get one good photograph. And in the 10, I'm going to get one good photograph. 
It's about what happens when I set a different boundary. How do I respond to that? How do I see? What do I experience? So that I can take the knowledge that I get and apply that back. Embracing failure is another thing that I think is really important. Some of the coolest photographs I've ever made are because I did something horribly wrong behind the camera. I moved the camera, blurred the camera, had the wrong settings, wrong lighting, whatever it is. I've ended up with some cool things. Processing-wise, sometimes even in the analog darkroom, I would leave something in the wrong developer or I would process the film differently than I thought I was going to. And I ended up with some kind of interesting results. So embracing that failure, not as a mistake, but as an interesting thing that came out of that and noting what that is. And so rather than marking down, oh, I really screwed up, marking down what was it that happened, not as a judgment value, not as a judgment characteristic, but as something that was an opportunity to learn from. Along those same lines, the last tip, the 10th tip is embracing the crazy. I think one of the things that happens to us is we like to play it safe. Creativity is a risk-taking exercise. It's a risk-taking process. To go out and photograph things you've never photographed before in a way you've never photographed before is is tough. That can be hard. It can be, you know, what happens if it doesn't work out? But if we embrace crazy, if we embrace that it's going to be crazy, it's going to be weird, it's going to be odd, and that experience is valuable, we can end up in a really cool place. We can end up with a really cool opportunity. And not only that, I think one of the things that's really interesting in the creative world is the more somebody gets crazy, the more they embrace their failures, they set their boundaries, they they follow the breadcrumbs of life, they take these 10 steps, is that they start making really interesting work. They start making uniquely their work as well. So the things they create, the things we look at, those are theirs. And we have meaningful work done in an interesting way because they were willing to be a little more creative and push the bubble a little bit. And so that would be the last little piece for you to consider as you're looking at what you're doing creatively. Take these 10 tips or your other 10 tips and embrace them 100% and see where they go. See what happens if you're willing to be a little more creative, a little more risk-taking tomorrow than you were today. And I think you'll find in your photography, you may end up with creating more interesting work, more passionate work, more meaningful work, just by taking these small steps to try to be a little bit more you in that process. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your time with me this week. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully one of these 10 tips or all of the 10 tips can help you get out of your creative rut this week and come up with something amazing. Thanks again for listening and I will see you next time.